Kevin O'Brien here, the FF Engineer. I host the Fantasy Football Engineering Podcast, where I bring on a guest each week to discuss a wide range of topics, all to apply practical knowledge in order to design, research, build, and maintain your dynasty rosters for now and beyond. I borrow brilliance from each guest and share how I leverage many different areas of expertise to accomplish common goal of competing all year round. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host this week, Matt Price, with my buddies as always, Dan Myler and Ryan McDowell. Ryan, have uh, have you recovered from anything for Amari coming back to life? Oh, man, it's it's so great. It's so great. I love it. And I, I was worried, definitely worried there a little bit, but he's back and that makes me pretty happy. And you will not be getting him back for me in KS4. <laughs> uh, I was, I was, I'm, I'm putting that out of my mind, Matt. <laughs> uh, before I go to Dan here, Ryan, what's the favorite, your favorite thing that you ate at Thanksgiving this year? Uh, always, always the stuffing for me. I'm like a, a little, a, a little kid. Ooh. I might have to get your recipe for that because my stuffing is not very good. Uh, Dan, how, what was your favorite thing you ate on th- at Thanksgiving this year? You know, I'm not much for sweets regularly, but my mother-in-law this year made a pumpkin cheesecake, and knowing that I love cheesecake, usually strawberry or cherry, and tried pumpkin and knows I lo- like pumpkin pie, and it was the best dessert I've ever had. Pumpkin cheesecake is highly underrated, I think. Most people just come with the regular pumpkin, but add in that cheesecake and it puts it Delicious. over the top. Yeah. Dan, have you recovered from another terrible primetime Packers loss? Uh, who? What? <laughs> that thing's over. I'm done. I'd rather comment uh, on Ryan's question. I like Amari too. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into it real quick, guys. But before we get into the main part of the show, let's talk about Melvin Gordon real quick. It seems like it's a not too big a deal. MCL sprain just week to week. But it says to me that Austin Eckler's in line for a bigger wet workload, Dan. So, uh, he's a really tough guy to value in Dynasty right now. What what do you think about him in terms of what his value is currently in the Dynasty landscape? You know, in the past, it seems like whenever Gordon has been healthy, the value or the trade value, at least, of Eckler plummets. Or in a startup, you can get Eckler for almost nothing. He just sticks out like a sore thumb late in those drafts or, or is, a, is a real bargain in auctions. So... Now he'll get another chance to shine. It seems like he gets a game or two every year, and he always looks good. He looked really good on Sunday when after Gordon went down. Now, you know, how that'll translate once Gordon gets back, you can only assume it's going to be the same as it always has been. If Gordon's there, he's going to be the workhorse and get all the work. Eckler will take a back seat. Uh, but I, I expect Eckler to p- play well in, in this time uh, while Gordon's out. And continue to put up even back end running back one numbers. I think he caught 10 passes the other day. And any back in PPR that's doing that is a stud. We've seen it with James White all year. I, I, I assume he'll continue to get that workload, uh, the Melvin Gordon treatment from the Chargers. And he's going to be a must start going forward. What, what really is interesting to me is that this week-to-week thing with Gordon – Imagine being a number one seed going into the postseason. Maybe you have things locked up right now and you hear that news, that week-to-week thing. Well, week 13 doesn't really matter. I got week 14 off. He sits out those two weeks, is limited at practice all week going into the semis of your postseason. That's going to make some nervous decision-making for sure. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I was as as far as Gordon. I mean, honestly, at this point, I don't know how you guys are thinking about this, but I'm essentially viewing him as being done for the season, done for the fantasy season. 
and, and there there have been some conflicting reports out there, and we we just don't know yet. But uh, if I've got him on my roster, I am trying to make some new plans and assuming I'm not going to be able to use him the rest of this fantasy season season through the playoffs. If if you're in a league that where the trade deadline hasn't quite passed yet, or if uh, if you don't have a trade deadline in your league, what would you pay for Eckler right now? He seems to me like he's a guy who's one of those one of those that are worth less than a first, but more than a second. Because I really don't think a second gets it done right now. I don't think a second should have gotten it done at any point this season. Uh, I, he seems to be a, a guy that people have been a little conflicted on throughout the off last off season and, and even through the season, as far as does he have standalone value or is he just a handcuff or a backup uh, to me? He he's got standalone value and, and he has, we've seen him with several uh, startable fantasy performances this season, uh, especially earlier in the season, the last month or so that's kind of, kind of dropped off until Sunday, of course, when he, he got an increased workload with, the injury to Gordon. But with now that we don't have to worry about touches. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Dan, basically throw him, throw him in your lineups and feel pretty comfortable about it. Uh, just based on that PPR upside. Uh, I do think we could see Justin Jackson, uh, obviously quite a bit more. Uh, he also looked good in kind of in a mop up duty role on Sunday and, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some type of 60-40 split here. And if your trade deadline hasn't passed yet, the another option, at least for you, is to swap Gordon to somebody who's out of the playoffs. Maybe you can flip him for one of those other running backs right around his value, whether it's Kareem Hunt or... Joe Mixon, maybe whoever it might be, that's another option. I don't know if necessarily going after Eckler is the is the right move because, like I said, it seems like Eckler's value in the off season is dramatically different. I think in the off season, uh, you could have gotten him for a mid second round pick in some leagues at least. Uh, I was valuing more than that, but I don't I don't know if most dynasty owners value him like that. I don't think so. I mean, even so he had a solid rookie season Uh, last year. Most of us didn't really know who he was coming into the year, but he won that backup job and and performed well when he got the chance. But then they they bring in Justin Jackson and a a lot of people basically wrote Eckler off. Uh, Right. So so that's why that's why his value is down. I don't think it'll be the the same thing this offseason. I think he will carry that value forward. and if you can get him for a second, everybody but, should do it, right? Absolutely, for sure. I I did want to talk about Justin Jackson a little bit. I think it was a guy that all three of us like, and he's about the almost exactly the same size as as uh, Elson Eckler actually. But in college, he was that feature back. Uh, he had minimum. He had all four years in college at Northwestern. Uh, over 1,187 yards or more, and the minimum amount of carries he had was 245. So, uh, what do you think about adding him this week? Would he be if he if he's for some reason on a waiver wire this week? Are you go ahead and I mean we're at the end of the road, right? So he seems like the type of guy that you go ahead and fire all the all the remaining bullets you have there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and Jackson, like you said, he was really productive in college. A re- a fun player to watch. Really, there was a time after I believe it was his sophomore year that people were extremely excited about his upside. It seemed like he leveled off at Northwestern and and didn't take it really to the next level to the point where he became one of those huge prospects that were expected to go in the second or third round. He ended up going in the seventh round. I watched him quite a bit while he was in college and he does everything well. And I guess nothing at an elite level, um, he's got really good feet, and if you watched the game the other day, you, you saw a lot of that. He, he can change directions for a guy his size really well, and if he ever really did get, get a true chance to, to carry the load, I think he'd get better as games go on, 
and he could he could really develop into that that guy that that is always on the field and takes on that role. It seems like those are the guys the Chargers are targeting. And once they got Gordon High, they they continued to look at late round options or even free agent options that fit the same mold. So really, all three backs are are in the same mold a little bit. And while Gordon is going to be their their bell cow all the time when he's healthy, I think the Chargers feel like they could plug any of those guys into the role. And us as dynasty owners should take that and say, whoever gets that chance, I want him not only on my roster, but I want him in my lineup. I guess I disagree with that last point just a little bit. And even though they are at similar size, being meaning Jackson and, and Eckler, Eckler just hasn't shown that he can carry the load. Uh, when he did, he got that start in week seven. He had 12 carries for 42 yards, and most of his points in that game, as they always do, came uh, as a receiver. And, and tw- those, those 12 carries are actually his career high. So I think it's – if they view a guy as, as kind of their workhorse back or somebody that can carry the ball 20 times, I actually think it might be Jackson. I, I was just going to say that I have a – it's totally a gut feeling. I have no nothing, no evidence or anything to back this up, but it almost feels to me like Eckler is going to kind of remain in the same role. You know, maybe he sees a few more targets and catches every game, but that Jackson might actually get the bulk of, of, of the snaps and workload, on especially in the early down situations. What I think when I look at Eckler is he becomes that Danny Woodhead guy that is getting the draws and the perimeter runs – and fits that role perfectly and obviously catches the catches passes out of the backfield. Jackson doesn't necessarily have that element to his game as much and probably runs between the tackles. See, with Gordon, he's that between-the-tackle guy and can get outside, so he's obviously on the field all the time. These guys have to split just a little bit, but I think if one guy had the – I really feel like if one guy had the, the role all to himself, he would put up some pretty big numbers. And I, I – I understand what you said there, Ryan, with the, you know, he, he's gotten a chance already this year. Didn't really make, make the best of it. Uh, I, I see that more as a small sample size. And we've seen Eckler have those 10 carry six catch games and look pretty good, darn good doing it. Yeah. And, and even though I, I do have some concerns about him, uh, maybe turning into some type of every down back, I'm, I'm still ready to use him. Uh, in fantasy, just based again on that PPR upside. Yeah, and he's he's shown he's he doesn't need uh, a true bell cow workload to be productive for us already. So, either way, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch out as the rest of the season unfolds. Here, let's get into the meat of our episode this week, guys. We're going to do a little bit of dynasty stash or trash. So these are all going to be players that are outside the top 120 picks or the top 10 rounds as of the November startup ADP. So for each one of these players, I'd like for you guys to tell me if they're a legit stash for 2019 and beyond or if they're just trash. They're roster cloggers, they're too old, their upsides is limited, whatever reason it might be, but they're just not really worth holding on to at this point. Uh, and then if you're buying or selling, go ahead and give us what your price might be on either end of that. So we're going to do running backs and wide receivers this week. The first one I want to talk about is Jay Ajayi. He's coming in at 130 overall, running back 48 currently. Um, in September, he was 59 overall and the running back 26. So he's fallen 71 spots and 22 positional spots. He'll be 20. He's 25. He'll be 26 in June. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2019, but will be coming off of that ACL tear. Um, so, uh, that happened in week five. So there's probably plenty of time for him to recover before then, but definitely probably hurts his free agency value. Dan, we'll go to you first here. Is Jay Ajayi a stash or is he trash? You know, it's hard to label him as trash, but the, (laughs) the things that you mentioned there, the reasons that they'd be trash roster clogger, maybe not too old necessarily limited upside that stuff. When, when I think of Jay Ajayi, that's what I think of. He, you know, he's so inconsistent even when he is healthy. I know he had that, that strong start. I think he scored a couple touchdowns in the first game this year. But he he never necessarily jumps off the screen when you watch him. If you watch the Eagles, it's never, wow, Jay Ajayi is so good. He's a guy, I wish I had him in more leagues. It's always the complete opposite for me. 
wow, he scored two touchdowns. If I had him, this would be my chance to sell him. So I'm going to call him trash. And, and, and I agree. It feels so harsh saying that trash. Uh, but 26-year-old is not an old player, even at running back. He's had some success in the past. Would I be surprised if he turns things on and, and has a nice season or two going forward? No, not, not at all. But he's just never been a guy that I've been excited to own for sure. And I feel like his ADP is a lot closer now to his, his, his true worth than it was back when he was 59th overall back in September. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much all of that. Um, I think the only thing I would change is the actual answer. I would call him a stash, and the only reason is I think I think there's still some JGI believers out there. Sure. Uh, and, and I do think once he's back healthy, even though that that may or may not last very long, uh, but if it's if it's this off season and, and he signs with a new team or resigns with the Eagles, whatever the situation might be, I, I do think his value can climb a little bit, and and, and that's when I would. Uh, take my chance to sell. But in general, Ajay is not a guy I want on my roster. Right. And when I said trash, I didn't mean throw him on the scrap heap and, and make him a free agent. You cannot sell him right now. That that kind of fall from 59 all the way to 130 is not a, is not a you know beacon of light that this is the time to get something for, for Ajay. I, you obviously have to hold him and wait for that opportunity that Ryan's talking about. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you could even sell him for a second right now. So he's he's kind of the definition of a hold. I think I, I was so excited when he came to Philadelphia. You know, he showed some flashes in Miami. He had those two two hundred yard games. I think it was in twenty sixteen. Um, and then he was going to go to a good team. And we, we talked about this earlier this offseason. Is like the Eagles are supposed to be so good, but why do we want none of the players on them? And JHI just never really capitalized on that, whether it was because of injuries or otherwise. But let's move on to the next guy. We'll go to Ryan first. Elijah McGuire, 150 overall, running back 52 in November. In September, he was 250 overall, running back 81. So he's risen 100 spots and 29 positional spots. He's 24 years old. He'll be 25 in May, unrestricted free agent in 2021. So he's going to be with the Jets for a while unless they decide to cut just to cut him because the cap hit is pretty minimal, Ryan. Uh, stash your trash for Eli- Elijah McGuire. This is an easy one for me. I'm, I'm stashing Elijah McGuire, maybe even buying Elijah McGuire. Uh, we know he missed most of the season with that, uh, that injury. He came back in week nine, I believe. And in every game he's played, he is outsnapped. Isaiah Crowell. So basically from from the start, they trusted him more than, than they did with Crowell, which is a good decision, but, uh, but also just says a lot about what they think of McGuire. Uh, as far as his fantasy numbers, they've been up and down, but that's, that's true of pretty much the entire Jets offense this year. Uh, so I'm not necessarily ready to put him in my lineup, but I do, I, I do like that PPR upside long term. Yeah, the definition of stash for me, a guy I was really excited about coming out of college because we were getting him dynasty rookie drafts in the third round. And, you know, while you look at his stats since he returned from the injury this year, you know, we're looking at eight or nine touches a game and and nothing dynamic, hasn't scored a touchdown. So he's not jumping off the page if you just look at the stats, you know, after the game. If you watch him, however... He, he looks like he's getting healthy, and th- like Ryan said, that opportunity is coming. The Jets are 3-8 and eight right now. There's going to be a point late this season where Dynasty owners are going to watch want to watch the Jets just because of Elijah McGuire because he's going to get that opportunity down the stretch here to do more than just be the 50-50 split that he's been to this point since getting healthy. They're going to want to see what they have in him, and I, I have a really strong feeling that we're going to see things – that we're excited about going into 2019. So if you have McGuire and I'm in the league with you, trade him to me. And if I'm not in the league with you, hold on to that guy because uh, there's there's bright days ahead for Elijah McGuire, at least in my opinion. I, I kind of feel like his upside, though, is basically what Bilal Powell was before he got hurt because I, I really do think they're going to bring in somebody else. It's, it's the team that most people have, have predicted Le'Veon Bell goes to. So if that happens, then, you know, he's he's going to the bench for sure. So that's my only hesitation with him. But otherwise, I agree with you. He's a he's a nice stash uh, to see what happens in the future. But, However, but if, if you could find anywhere, 
if Bell signs anywhere, the guy that is currently the starter is is now a guy you're not as excited about. So, <laughs> that that is certainly true, but I mean, it could be anybody. It could be Ingram. What if Mark Ingram goes there? You know, I, I just think there's several guys here that could limit him to to more of a PPR role. Not, not that necessarily that's a bad thing, but would kind of put a damper on him. You know, really kind of breaking out. Um, if that makes any sense. Sure. But let's move on to the next guy. Kind of, uh, I guess, not really a dynasty darling this offseason, uh, 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 heading into his draft class. But the previous draft class, it seemed like a lot of people were looking forward to him coming out this year. And that's Kalen Balaj, 186 overall in current in, in current ADP, running back 61. In September, he is 167 and running back 56. So he hasn't really moved a whole lot. Following 20 spots, five positional spots. He's only 22, he'll be 23 uh, just next month now, and he's an free agent, not until 2022. So uh, he's going to be on the Dolphins for a while unless they decided, they decided to cut him for that minimal cap hit. Dan, uh, what are we doing with Kalen Balaj? Is he a stash or a trash? Well, by definition, to me, Balaj is a trash. I'm, I've never been excited about he is He has some of the worst vision in of, of players, of rookie players, uh, coming out at running back in years. He's very indecisive. Um, he, he just never I, – I was never excited watching him play in college. And I tried to get excited when so many were last year during the offseason. You know, you constantly see tweets about, man, this Bellage, he's going to go higher than people expect. I'm really excited about him for, for Dynasty going forward. But I'd turn him on at, at Arizona State, and, and I, I – Man, it just wasn't there for me. So um, while that ADP and and maybe his his ranking overall might look good, and anybody that's a Belage uh, believer certainly should be after him now because it, like you said, while it stayed the same, he's going to be relatively cheap, especially in the off season because he didn't get very many opportunities as a rookie, at least to this point. So you know maybe there's something there that I'm not seeing. There are plenty of fans out there for sure, but. I, he's he's trash for me. Um, obviously, a hold if you already have him at this point, though. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. He's he's not a guy I want on my roster at all. Um, I guess maybe if he was dropped to the waiver wire, I would try to find a spot for him. But uh, that's that's not even a definite. Uh, just just not a player I want. But uh, agree with Dan. If if he was a guy that you were intrigued with a year ago, then absolutely take this chance to, to buy low or, or just to hold on to him and see what happens. I I thought in line with you guys, I, I maybe a little bit more positive. It just doesn't seem like they really want to hand the ball off as a, as a, as a full-time lead back to, to Kenyon Drake. Maybe he's in a situation like Lamar Miller was there several years ago in Miami, where we all of us thought Lamar Miller should be getting more work, but then he got more work and he just wasn't that impressive. So maybe that's the same story with Drake. And if that's the case, maybe Balazs has a little bit of upside behind him there. You know, if, if Frank Gore plays another year, then it's possible that, that Miami doesn't even bring in another back. So if that's the case, then, you know, he's got, I think he's got a shot to do something, but yeah, he, most, mostly I, I don't really want him either. Uh, Ryan Rex Burkhead, uh, 196 overall, currently running back 64 in September. He was 84 overall, running back 33. He's fallen 112 spots, 31 positional spots. He's 28 years old, will be 29 in July, unrestricted free agent in 2021, uh, $2 million in dead cap in 2019. Spotrack says that there's a potential out in 2020 when the dead cap will be just $1 million. So it looks like he's going to be a Patriot for at least – uh, in, in 2019, and this is a player that we 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 liked coming into the season. We thought he was going to be the starter with Sony hurt, and then he got hurt himself, unfortunately. So, uh, and actually, he's coming off the IR this this week or next week, right? So he he's already he might even be a player for the fantasy playoffs here. So so what about Rex Burkhead for 2019 and beyond? Is he a stash or some trash? I feel like he's somewhere in between. Uh, I, I certainly don't think he's trash, although uh, he had. Obviously, the injury this year has missed a ton of time. He had the, he had some nagging injuries a year ago too. So, basically, he's gotten two shots at significant playing time, and and he's dealt with injuries both years. So that is a concern. Um, I I don't think of him as as a stash player as far as somebody who's really going to see his value uh, increase in the next year or two. 
I guess I think of, I think of him more as as a short term option. He is uh, he has been activated. He is expected to play this coming week, and and we know how Belichick does with that with that backfield. He's going to play. He's going to steal some carries from Sony Michelle. He's going to steal some uh, receptions from James White, and and probably really frustrate all of us in uh, in the process. So. For me, he's he's a guy I might want to use even in the playoffs, depending on how the next couple of weeks go. But I don't see him gaining a ton of value uh, for 2019. Yeah, and that's what makes him a stash for me. He's really a Sony Michelle injury away from having a big role in New England, and and if he's able to to come through even in one or two weeks, that creates a value that you can take advantage of in the off season for sure. I'm like Ryan though. He's only that Michelle injury away from all of a sudden being your running back two in the postseason. So I'm, I'll be watching closely in week 13 to see how Burkhead plays. I know I have him in a few places. He's one of those guys that you're always willing to trade away if if somebody comes knocking on your door, but also you don't feel too bad having him on your roster as long as he's a Patriot. Yeah, I, I think Ryan nailed it there. I think he's... I think he's going to have some touchdown upside, and he's just going to be a thorn in the side of all the Sony Michelle order <laughs> owners. Honestly, I think is what he's going to be uh, for this season and next season. But that has some value in your lineup. I think. I think he's always going to have that touchdown upside. They really like to use him around the goal line, especially. So uh, unless unless Sony's just going to take that part of the the running game all to himself, then I think Burkett is going to be trouble for Sony production the next couple of seasons. Let's go on to Spencer Ware, one of my favorite guys, uh, 201 overall and running back 66 in uh, in current ADP in September. He was 193 overall, running back 66 also. So that really, truly hasn't moved a whole lot. He's fallen eight total spots, but he's maintained his positional rank. He just turned 27 last week. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2019. I, I think we forget how good he was in 2016 when he had 214 carries for 921 yards three touchdowns caught 33 balls for about another 450 yards and and a couple of touchdowns so if hunt was to ever go down then i think spencer ware would be able to fill in pretty nicely and i think there's a good shot that if he doesn't stay with kansas city next season he ends up and ends up in a good spot he's going to be productive for us again dan but what do you think stash or trash yeah he's a stash for sure but I, i would call him a deep league stash for sure uh, probably a free agent in 18 player leagues uh, or on 18 player rosters. And he's an obvious hunt cat, uh, Kareem hunt handcuff. In fact, before the season, I, th- I think we were talking about it and I called him one of the top handcuffs in the NFL. And I still feel that way. If you're in a deep enough league to, to handcuff hunt, you, you need him on your roster because like you said, he could come through big and, and might be that guy down the stretch that is all of a sudden on championship teams if all of a sudden Hunt goes down. With that all said, you mentioned he's a free agent. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a high price free agent or somebody that's out there or there's anybody out there willing to give him that, make the investment in him and make him their starting running back. But he'll be, I think he really fits that bill and would be that type of player anywhere he goes. If suddenly uh, he signs in Dallas, he's going to be one of the best handcuffs because he's Zeke as well. He'll be a he'll be a high upside guy for sure. So a guy you certainly want on your roster or don't mind having on your roster. Maybe he gets to the point, however, that he becomes that guy you drop in the in the middle of your rookie draft because you need a spot for for your second round pick. I don't know if he necessarily gets that far. Uh, it depends how the off season plays out and if anybody gives him any kind of investment. I still like Spencer Ware like you, though, and think that if he gets that opportunity, he's going to be a guy that could hit your starting lineup. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Definitely a stash. And uh, in my leagues, he's not hit the waiver wire yet, uh, which which is smart. I don't think he should have. But this this is the time of year. Actually, probably two to three weeks ago is the time of year where you start looking forward to those impending free agents. And if they are on the waiver wire, uh, take a chance on them. That's how so many dynasty owners ended up with Rex Burkhead a couple of years ago when he was set to leave Cincinnati. That's how so many people ended up with Trey Burton this time last year. 
Let's move on to our last running back here. Uh, a guy I think we were all three excited about in the preseason, Chris Warren for the Oakland Raiders, 256 overall in November, running back 78 in September. He was 282 overall. Uh, what were, basically, he was undrafted. He There was 281 players drafted in September, and he wasn't one of them. Um, same, uh, same positionally, he was running back 89. There were 88 drafted. He wasn't one of them. So basically, he's on the map now, and he wasn't before. Uh, it was 22, be 23 in June, a UFA in 2021. But again, like all of these these uh, these low, lower-tier rookies, there's not really a cap hit, so they can cut him whenever they want. It was disappointing when the, when the Raiders kind of stashed him on IR with this undisclosed knee injury that all of us kind of felt like was they were just trying to, to keep the player on their team and not have him go somewhere else and not really necessarily a true injury. Um, but a guy that I'm excited for, uh, maybe uh, maybe can carve out a role there in Oakland in 2019, Ryan. Yeah, I think you have to stash him at this point. He did flash a little in preseason. Um, I don't know that I really want to invest much in any of these Raiders or, or their offense. going to be a, a really just a total transition there. So uh, Warren could get a shot and he's essentially free. So based on that, I, I consider him a stash, but not a guy I'm paying anything for right now. Yeah. And I'm not paying anything either, but you don't have to, you mentioned that Spencer Ware hasn't hit waiver wires. Chris Warren did a couple weeks ago in one of my leagues, uh, only, only three IR spots. The guy had to drop one of the four players and, and chose Warren and I scooped him up. I thought, and I couldn't even put him on IR. He's the 25, 25th guy on my 25-man roster. Like Matt, I'm I'm intrigued by his upside, and we all watched him in the preseason, and it was all things that that you can get excited about for sure, but it was preseason football. I have him on a, on a few rosters, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next September uh, or next August, I guess. Uh, see if he can stick there and with that with that depth chart in Oakland at running back there's there's a relatively easy path to playing time for him in my opinion and also if you guys remember back in the offseason when we had Matt Waldman on he was one of his uh, favorite players that he didn't really know how to to evaluate or rank and that if he landed in the right spot he could really do some damage also Spencer Ware one of Matt Waldman's favorites so to me that means something I'm willing to to, to keep them on my roster and take a shot for 2019 Let's move on to wide receiver, Dan. We'll start with Kenny Stills, 142 overall, currently wide receiver 61 in September. He was all the way up to 95, wide receiver 48. He's fallen 47 spots, 13 positional spots. He's only 26 years old, 27 in April. He'll be a UFA in 2021. He's got two years, $17 million left on his deal. Spotrack says potential out in 2019, but it'll be a $3.5 million cap hit. So uh, I guess there's potentially gets cut next year, but it seems like he's going to be a Dolphin for at least 2019, if not 2020. Also, uh, a guy that we really expected a lot out of this season, Devontae Parker, <laughs> your, your boy Devontae Parker. He's always going to be your boy, Dan, always. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, never really was hurt and really was never really doing anything this preseason, and we thought Kenny Stills was maybe going to be that receiver in, in Miami. And he had a couple of good games early on, but really hasn't done much since then. So Kenny Stills, Dynasty Stash or Trash? Uh, he's, he's teetering. He's still a stash for sure, but – that, that hot start that you mentioned there, a couple hundred yards in the first three weeks, three touchdowns, we thought that was the path to to the big season that we've all kind of hoped that he'd have. Uh, and last year he looked pretty good, especially late in the season. Ended up with 58 catches for 847 and six touchdowns. He's not even on pace for, for that kind of production this year. We're looking at a 30-catch season most likely. And he hasn't had more than two catches in seven weeks. So it, it's really odd because, like you mentioned, they got Danny Amendola, Devontae Parker. Uh, they don't really have a tight end of note to catch passes, at least now. Gusecki, we think, will will kind of progress. But he's not to that point yet. So outside of Kenyon Drake catching the football, there's not, there's not a lot of – there's not a player just hogging up targets. So there's been the opportunity for stills and that's what stills believers for so many years have said was the thing that was missing. So whether, whether he's uh, rubbed somebody on that coaching staff the wrong way uh, is off the field because or, or only playing a limited role because of some injury we're not really aware of. I don't know what it is, but I think this season and his performance to date 
uh, through 12 weeks is really telling about who the real Kenny Stills is. Maybe he's just that deep threat that can get loose sometimes and, and not that guy that can be on the field and run short, intermediate, and deep routes. He might just be that deep threat that a team will keep rostered for years but never really be that dynasty asset that we all hoped he would become at some point. That's pretty much where I am with him as well. And I think I'm ready to put him in, in the trash pile or at least at, at, at least label him a roster clogger. Um, and again, based on the start that you guys mentioned, the start to his season, which was very promising. And you saw the injury to Parker and uh, Jarvis Landry was gone it really seemed like there was a lot of opportunity and, and there has been, and he's done almost nothing with it. So because of that, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of washing my hands of Kenny stills. Yeah. You and I, Ryan tonight are in lockstep. I, I think he's the ultimate definition of a ro- roster clogger. Someone who's, you know, if you feel like it's too valuable to cut, but you can't sell him for anything. You can't start him. You can't do anything with him. Uh, and the, the, the excuses have run out. I, I, I bought into the opportunity arg- argument as well this offseason and, and acquired a few shares and have been dis- severely disappointed in them. So uh, I honestly don't know what to do. I guess if I could get a third round pick for him, I might as well just do that and get out. But even that uh, even that is in question right now, I think. So he's just he just sits on your roster and stares at you every week when you click those boxes for your starting lineup and you just never feel good doing it. So uh, he, he's a, a true anomaly right now. Uh, let's move on. Geronimo Allison, 153 overall, wide receiver 67 in November. In September, he was 159 overall, wide receiver 70. Fallen six spots, three positional spots, kind of really the same place he, he was then. Only 24, 25 in January. He will be a restricted free agent in 2019. So somebody will be able to make him an offer, and the Packers will have to make a decision if they want to bring him back now uh, coming off that injury. Ryan, uh, stash or trash for Geronimo Allison? I guess I'm still going to say stash on him. I know I know Dan is going to say stash on, on Allison, but I, I've been pretty, pretty disappointed in his – consistency level i guess obviously before the injury i know that's what's uh, knocked his value down as of late but uh, Cobb had the injury early in the season the rookies weren't quite ready to contribute and he really had a shot to to do something and and kind of squandered it in in my opinion we've seen valdez scantling play really well through stretches and uh saint brown has, has certainly flashed some upside I wouldn't be surprised if they add another high-profile receiver uh, this coming offseason, whether it's through free agency or in the first couple rounds of the draft, and that just pushes Allison down another peg. Yeah, I would agree that he's a stash, so you got me, you got me on that one, Ryan, for sure. <laughs> I, I do disagree that, that he's been a disappointment or was a disappointment. I think anybody expecting more than four or five catches – for 65 yards and and a score every other game is asking way too much of an undrafted free agent that was a poor route runner and and had little to no speed, at least for NFL standards. I think he's improved dramatically over the first few years of his career, and I think he earned that number two wide receiver role, uh, I guess number three for for fantasy purposes behind uh, Adams and Cobb. But that out, that other outside receiver for the Packers, he, he really did average like four four catches for 70 yards and a half a touchdown per game when he was healthy early in the season. So I, I think he's a strong, strong stash as long as he's attached to Aaron Rodgers. Outside of that, I'd be really leery of Allison ever producing at a at a useful level for dynasty owners going forward. Dan, and you guys are both Packers fans and, and watch them closer than I do or, or closer than most. Do you think he did enough considering the injury, his, his season's over. Did he do enough to go into the off season as the second starter for 2019? Pending how they do in the draft. I believe he did. I, I disagree. I was going to say, I, I disagree as well. And, and that's why you're probably right. He, he wasn't a disappointment as far based on, uh, expectations. I mean, preseason expectations. He basically had no dynasty value, and, and then he 
uh, he did have a, a few good games. So that's probably not fair to say he was a disappointment. But I, I do kind of stand by um, the statement that he squandered his chance, whether it's because of injury or he just didn't quite do enough. Yeah, maybe he didn't quite do enough to be a, a full-time player, especially if that offense ever uh, expects to get back to the elite status that it was at one point. Uh, and, and, you know, I said pending how they do in the draft. They have three of the first most likely 45 picks in the draft. I would anticipate they go after a receiver there. He is the veteran there at this point across from Adams. I think he's at least the first guy to get a shot, especially if it's only a draftee. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is obviously right on his heels. I, I really think that Equinemia St. Brown is the is the next up in the slot as well. So I, there's no guarantee that he's going to have any role in a year, even if he is with Green Bay. And like I said, if he ends up somewhere else, if he's cut at some point or, or gets traded or whatever, I, I would question if he has much value at that new landing spot. I just think he has such a small percentage chance to return as the number two, whether it's an emergence of one of these two, one of these rookies they got this year, or, or like you said, adding another player in the draft, which they're certainly to do because they add wide receivers pretty much every year. Uh, Ryan, I don't think they're going to add one in free agency. They only add disappointing tight ends in free agency. So it's not going to, not going to be a receiver there. Uh, but yeah, I, I he's on the borderline for me. I I am really on the fence with him in terms of the stash or trash designation. But since we're here and since you, you brought him up, can't get anything for him though. No, you can't get anything for him. Absolutely. Um, and he he's he's kind of like Stills in that regard. Like you, you can't start him, you can't drop him. Nobody wants to buy him. You know. So I guess maybe the, since I just said it that way, maybe he is trash to me. I don't know. But uh, Dan, since you brought him up, uh, let's talk. Let's. I, didn't, I know it's not on the agenda. Let's talk Randall Cobb. Um, he is 28 years old. Be 29, and he's only 28. So it seems like he's been in the league for 50 years, but he's only 28 years old. Uh, Going to be 29 in next August. Uh, good chance that he's not back with the Packers. He's he is an unrestricted free agent. Um, what about Cobb? Uh, he, oh, uh, let me give you the ADP. He was actually wide receiver 54 currently and also in September, so he's not moved at all. Um, so what do you think about Cobb? Is he stash or trash? Well, you know, maybe I should answer it like he's obviously a stash, but but he is a strong sell candidate. In fact, if I had him... But you can't sell was, him either. What yeah, can you sell him for? I, I would take what I could get. I really would. I, I've been a Cobb fan for as long as I can remember. Uh, it, well, since he was drafted, really, and I know Ryan has for longer. But but I'm saying if I had 20 leagues like Ryan did and had him in 19, I'd try to sell him in 18 this offseason. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a pass on this one. <laughs> <laughs> he can't badmouth his boy. Uh, I just feel like if he can't be productive with Aaron Rodgers in the role that he has slated exactly for him, what then where's what is he going to do on another team? Unless the other team has literally – maybe if he goes to the Bills with no weapons at all, uh, maybe he can do something. But yeah. uh, And the thing is, you know, we remember the, the good old days, Ryan, uh, at Kentucky, I'm sure, and early in his Packers career, that he was that dynamic guy. That, that quick slot guy, they moved him into the backfield. He has lost most of that, and he's had hamstring injuries and and constantly been limited in practice for, for not just this year. So I think we're at the point where we have a really good athlete that lost some of the athleticism, and that was a big part of his game. I You know, like you said earlier, uh, Ryan, I watch, I watch closely, and he's not the same thing as Clay Matthews. They're the same type of guy. They're just not the player that they were in the past. And they'll get chances with other teams. And I think they'll have big games with other teams. But as far as dynasty assets go, if he ever gets back to second round value, I'm selling in a blink. That, that'd be <laughs> yeah, a right. You stop game. it. He's never doing that. <laughs> we're we're going to be two big games in San Francisco would do that to start next <sighs> season. Man, that would do it know. in a heartbeat. Maybe, maybe like a late second, but ugh. We're, I, I just think we're forever going to be chasing 2014 when he had that huge 90 catch, whatever it was, 1,250 yard season. But I think he had double digit touchdowns that season too. So uh, he's never, he's never going to touch that again. If he, if he has 800 yards in a season again, I'll be happy. How about that? Uh, yeah, which I he has not, he hasn't done that since 2015. So <laughs> oh my uh, I think that's even a stretch. Uh, let's move on to our next guy. Well, Chris. not getting a second round. Pick yeah, <laughs> he hasn't hit 803 years. You're probably, no, he probably certainly. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, next guy, Chris Hogan, two ten, currently two ten overall, wide receiver eighty eight. In September, we were really excited about about Chris Hogan. Man, uh, he was, was fifth. I guess I guess I was, <laughs> and the rest of the dynasty community, fifty overall, wide receiver twenty four. He's fallen one hundred and sixty spots. You guys, sixty four <laughs> positional spots. He he's only thirty years old. He'll be thirty one in October. But he is a UFA in, in 2019, so unless the Patriots just really like him still, he's probably not going to be back with them. Ryan, what do you think about Hogan, stash or trash? I think we could probably say a lot of the same things about Hogan that, that you guys just said about Cobb. If if he's not going to be successful in this offense with Tom Brady, and I know, I know the Patriots offense is, has kind of taken a step back from what we've seen the past few years, and, and maybe Brady has as well. Uh, but still, it, if Hogan can't succeed with Brady, what what's he going to do with you know the Buffalo Bills, the Dolphins, uh, just whatever random team he ends up on? I, I think he's trash. Yeah, he's trash for sure. And you know, you mentioned Cobb's production. Hogan's been there now three years, and he had 38 catches for 680 yards and, and four touchdowns, followed up by 34 for 439 last year and five touchdowns. So he's never even put up the types of numbers that we were talking about with Cobb. I know we all try to get ahead of the game. That's a big part of being a dynasty owner and try to try to predict what's coming and value players based on that. But like you said, he's on the downside and he's he's going to end up somewhere else as the third or four wide fourth wide receiver and won't have a better quarterback than he does now. Trash, trash, trash. I think I am going to disagree a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh, get uh, off the bandwagon. <laughs> listen, he he was very productive last season when he had Brandon Cooks uh, uh, on the other side of him. He had a he, I think he had a five-game streak that streak that put him in close to a wide receiver one in fantasy and then he got hurt. This year they asked him to be the number one and he's clearly not a number one. So I don't know. I'm still holding out a little bit of hope. He's, he's, he's probably trash, but I'm not getting it for anything for him, and I'm not cutting him. So I guess I'm going to keep him as a stash, at least for one more year and see what well, happens. But well, you guys you are give, probably right. You give me hope, Matt, because I have him in one league. Maybe there's somebody that will give me a third-round <laughs> pick for him. <laughs> if it's like the 312, you got it, Dan. You, I'm all over <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. uh, let's move on. we got two more two more receivers to get through. Corey Coleman. Yeah, Corey Coleman, 242 overall currently, wide receiver 105, so he's actually being drafted. Uh, in September, he was not being drafted, so that puts him at 282 and wide receiver 122, up 40 spots or 17 positional spots, only 24 years old, 25 in July, restricted free agent in 2019 coming up here, currently playing for the Giants, which I don't know how many of you guys knew that out there, but he still is in the NFL, still playing for the Giants, former uh, 102, I think, in Dynasty in, Di- in Dynasty rookie drafts. Ryan, what about Corey Coleman? Is he worth holding on to? Nope, nope, definite <laughs> trash. <laughs> the the Bills, the Giants, the what? The Browns, the, the Patriots. Patriots. I think the Four Patriots. Teams in three, two months. or three times. <laughs> right, all of those teams decided he was trash. He is trash. Yeah, Drop him. I'm, I'm done too. Get rid of him. I thought that one would be a pretty quick one. (laughs) Uh, All right, our last guy here, Dan, Chad Williams, 266 overall, wide receiver 115. Uh, September, 168 overall, wide receiver 74. It's fallen 98 spots, 41 positional spots, 24 years old, will be 25 in October, uh, October next year. Uh, uh, Unrestricted free agent, not till 2021. So unless they want to cut him for free, he'll be a Cardinal for this foreseeable future. Uh, what do you think about Chad Williams, Dan? I, I, I'm, I think trash. And he was one of the guys that a lot of us were excited about, or at least interested enough to to pay the really cheap price tag you needed to to get him. And a lot of that was the situation: Larry Fitzgerald getting older, uh, not a lot of other talent on the roster at the position. Of course, they added Christian Kirk. Um, but there was still like a direct line to quality playing time and targets uh, because one of those two, Fitzgerald and Kirk, were going to man the slot. The other guy would be on one side. So there was room for Chad Williams, and, and he's gotten that opportunity. So maybe it's the same thing as you guys were talking with Allison and his disappointment. But this is a true disappointment to me 
Uh, hasn't had more than a couple catches in it. I guess he had a four catch game a couple weeks ago, but we're, we're really not talking about anything. He, he's had 11 catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. I know he's had, he's been dinged up a little bit as well, but it's just not a thing, you know, an ankle injury is tough. I understand it, especially for a receiver that's been being asked to run routes and be crisp and sharp and try to be as fast as you can, even for Chad Williams. Uh, it, it, it doesn't appear to be there. We mentioned earlier with the Packers, they're going to add receiver help. Obviously, Arizona is going to have to continue to do that beyond what they did with Christian Kirk. Um, I don't see. I, I don't know if it's ever going to turn on for him. I, I think I lean towards trash here. Uh, this is kind of like the uh, the earlier one for me. I I pretty much agree with everything Dan said except the final answer i'm i'm gonna lean stash we we have seen uh the past over the past couple of seasons kind of the return of that third year breakout uh so just kind of based on that that hope and i I would probably still hang on to chad williams i do see some opportunity uh very very good chance this is you know the end of the uh the end of the line for fitzgerald so Obviously, they would look to make some changes there, bring some some other guys in. But I, I do think there's going to be some opportunity. But Dan, like you said, it's it's frustrating. He really hasn't flashed at all. I looked up his his uh, weekly rankings for this season. His best game from a fantasy perspective was wide receiver fifty three. That's his best game. Oh my god! Yikes! Yikes! That's a that's a Yikes. good wrap of Chad Williams. Yikes! <laughs> no, I'm I'm st- I'm with Ryan though. I'm I'm still holding on. I maybe I'm st- I'm still holding on to that uh, his rookie offseason when he had that that constant drum beat that everybody talks about. Right? He was he was good in practice. He was good in the preseason games. Uh, never really got an opportunity. The offense wasn't good. I have faith that that offense is going to come around and there will be opportunity. Like Ryan said, Fitz is, you know, he might be back, but he's probably gone. And if that's the case, then they have Christian Kirk and him and nothing else. Obviously they're going to bring in some people, but it still seems like there's, there's some room for him. So I think I'm willing to give him one more year to, oh. to kind of get together as this offense grows with Josh Rosen. So I really think that's all bull. That's if I could swear, <laughs> I'd swear. You know, guys like David Moore, they're good. So they finally work their way to the point that the coaching staff just has to let them play. And I really think that they're like, in Arizona, it's like, well, we don't have anybody better yet. So we got to let this guy play. And all the news and all the junk and all the stuff we've heard for the last couple of years is just all coach speak. And if he was good... He'd, he'd at some point get the opportunity and, and show that he's good. And he hasn't done any of it. Ryan and I co-manage a league together, and he gave me an, him as an option for a drop that we need to make. And I could not believe there was somebody I, I would drop b- before Chad Williams. And I, was, I got sucked into it as well, but you got to cut the cord at some point. It's over. Fair enough. We'll we'll leave it there. Cutting the cord with Dan Myler on episode three thirty four of the DLF Dicey Podcast. You can follow Dan at dmyler twenty two, Ryan at mc Ryan mc twenty three, and myself at Matt Price FF. The podcast at DLF Podcast. Leave us a rating and review if you like the show. Uh, it helps us out. It helps the show grow. It helps more people find out about the show. Uh, we will be back with you next week uh, following week 13 and, and be ready for some, some fantasy football playoff talk coming forward on the DLF Dynasty podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah.